Welcome to Blightbringers, the Legion of Everblight focused podcast. I'm your host, Heron, and back this week is Ryan. Welcome back. Hola. What's going on, everybody? I am here. I am surrounded by cats. There are other things happening, probably. I really don't care about any of the other ones, though. I'm just excited to be surrounded by cats. Shit's dope. You're often surrounded by cats. It's true. Cats are dope. My cats are better than most people I've had to interact with. And, you know, that's not a high bar, but it's still a bar that's important for them to get past. Wonderful. I thought so. So what's new with you? How are things? Things are good, you know. Canada's keeping on, you know, slightly better than some other countries, so I think we're doing okay. Have you annexed Quebec yet? I mean, they're already part of Canada. Yeah, but they're French Canada. Have you annexed them to be part of normal Canada? No. It's uppity. We don't want that. Is that something French Canadians do? I mean, they get they get uppity about a lot of things. Or uppity might be might be with something. Mm. You should probably go in there and like I don't know, deliver some freedom on them or something. That's what the US does. We deliver freedom. You sure do. That's that's my story and I'm sticking to it today. Alright, well so anyway, we're continuing on with our caster um caster reviews. Warlock reviews, I suppose we are Hordes Faction. I mean for now. Maybe after the CID we'll be like Infernals. We'll get moved over to War Machine too. And then we'll get all the buffs, because that's what happens. One can only hope. All the buffs. So, uh, I guess there's a bit of news since the last time we recorded. We got, like, in-development stats for the Mechano Shredder. Yeah! So, little dude is dope. Yeah. Try to find that really quickly here. Hear that. Yeah, I'll just add lib. Um, So the important bit is the Animus stayed the same, which is dope. Um, he doesn't have Rust that I was hoping for, because that would have been too good, but he does have the Dismantle? Yes, that sounds right. So, he's a weapon master against other constructs, and then he gets the Clamps, uh, which is literally just a, I bite a small base, and therefore the small base doesn't get to move until it kills me. Or something throws it out of its melee range. Basically, yeah. as long as he's engaging it, it doesn't get to move after he bites it. Yeah, so... so- early- Lamp is sorry, sorry. Uh, minus two defense for one round and cannot advance. That's pretty good. It's a lot like uh, that rule I don't use on Animag. If the thing he bites doesn't have to stay in his melee range, it's just it, it does. Yeah. Okay. That was okay. that was a given. Gotcha. Okay, I got confused. I'm like, oh shit, did I miss a really important part of this? No, no, you're good. Um, so his other stats, he's uh, Mat five, Rat three, which is pretty relevant. Def twelve, Armor fifteen. We lost one defense for two extra armor, which is a pretty good trade. Um, but he is a construct, so can't easily be healed. But he does come with a couple extra boxes. He's got 16 boxes as opposed to the normal 13 for a for a lesser. So that's a bonus as well. Yeah, he's a little kinky boy. He's got one last rule, um, in addition to Isle of Sight, which you'd expect. Uh, he has assimilation. When this model destroys an enemy construct model with this weapon, immediately after the attack is resolved, remove D3 damage points from this model. Um, we were expecting something that prevented him from berserking, but right now it doesn't seem like there's anything that does that. I was kind of expecting takedown, honestly. Um, just like a straight RFP, the fact that he could eat constructs and heal is kind of neat, especially in certain matches like I don't know, let's say Abby 2 versus uh, anything in Exalted. Like, he can munch through a whole bunch of immortals, and if he's taken any damage, heal it up doing that. Doesn't seem strictly bad to me. No, it's pretty reasonable. Like, unfortunately, we, you know, because he doesn't RFE things, it is still not the best answer to that sort of stuff, but. FA2, you know, like, and you can make them from the pod if you go down that path. These guys are pretty reasonable, and they're only four points. Awesome. Great model. Yep, more likely than not, in most matches, you're taking him for the Animus, and as I kind of said before on Discord and to anybody else that would listen, uh, he's not really an early game piece. Like, the first half of the game, he's basically just an Animus bot, right? But... During the second half of the game, or during late game, he, like, 
Pouten Weapon Master against Constructs with the ability to boost is enough to take down a damaged jack. Um, it's enough to kill an objective, and it's enough to go and hold a zone, or just start eating through some things that are a little bit tougher. Um, you know, even his little clamp rule, late game, he goes over and, like, clamps down on a hermit, which now doesn't get to move and contest a zone, or score a flag, or do something else, and that's stupidly powerful. Yeah, he has a bunch, a bunch of good rules, a lot of applications all over the board, so look forward to seeing them. As far as I know, they're still on track to release at the end of May. I think they're coming out May 29th, so look forward to the Mechano Shredder, everyone. Yeah, two weeks, maybe. Um, hopefully we'll get the full rules slightly before then to see if anything's changed, but... As it stands, he seems like a good buy. I imagine I can't imagine anyone who plays strictly Legion not grabbing at least one of him, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little caveat though, they did push the last two Riot Quest releases from April uh into May. And that does mean that it's very likely or at least possible that the May releases are gonna get pushed into so we'll see. Yeah, that happens though. I mean if your distribution chain and your supply chain is all fucked up because of things beyond your control, it, it happens. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, we, we did actually get some other uh, info, kind of, that I don't think we talked about last time. Oh. Uh, so Hungerford was on Discord, I believe. Uh, this was a couple of weeks back. And he had made the comment that he wanted, while well, he was hoping all of this would be over, because he had a Legion CID to be running no later than June. Now, that being said, I imagine things are still kind of in flux uh, because of everything going on, quarantines, yada yada yada, and I don't think that they want to run a CID if there isn't a possibility anyone could play. However, if releases are still on date for the end of fall, it might be possible, and this has not been confirmed by anybody, but it is possible that we might not get an actual, like, normal CID. Let's say it that way. It might be more of a, hey, community, here are the rules. Um, take a look at them. You know, we'll, we'll talk it out in theory, but we're going to have to play test it almost strictly in-house because we're not going to ask people to go out and risk their health and safety to test this stuff. Um, but that was the original plan, is they wanted to be running it in June, so... Hopefully, um, I know in the U.S. things are starting to open back up a little bit, that they will feel comfortable enough to do that, but it is also something everybody should understand that while that may be the original plan, it's possible it gets pushed back because of things going on. It's possible it doesn't happen at all. Um, so, kind of a neat little thing, though, I thought. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like, with the kind of explosion in popularity that Vassal has had, and... I know it's a very specific group of people that would play on Vassal, but then there's also this new War Table thing that's going on, which seems pretty decent and looks like a lot easier to use than Vassal. It might actually be possible to do a CID digitally. I mean, it's possible, right? There's definitely, there's definitely nothing that says uh, they can't do it digitally via Vassal or War Table or anything else. Um, but I don't know if the devs really want to go that route, um, especially if part of the deal is like with every other CID, they want to see turn-to-turn -turn pictures, they want to see the interactions and hear honest feedback um, when, to be honest, Wartable and Vassal, like, you don't really need to be connected to another person. You could make up game states that prove any point you want to prove um, and do it very easily from your own home. Now, I'm not saying anybody necessarily would do that, but the fact is, it is a possibility that would have to be considered, right? Sure, and not to get too, too deep in it, but like that's something you could do by yourself normally anyway. I mean, yes, it's a little bit harder if, let's say, you only play Legion, and you go, oh, I want to make X, Y, and Z seem like it's really underpowered, so they'll buff it up. Well, sure. then sure. you're, you're going to have all of your own models, and then say, oh, all of these models that are also mine are proxying this entire other army. Like, I don't know, that just feels like it would be slightly more suspicious to me. Okay, well, fair enough. Hopefully none of that comes to pass. That would be pretty uh, pretty unfortunate, but anyway. Alright, so CID is upcoming. 
Um, Bethane too is going to be in that, and I'm looking forward to what she does. But in the meantime, we should talk about Lilith One, Herald of Everblight. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go over the stats, or do you want me to? Yeah, sure, I can do it. So she's a speed seven, mat five, rat seven, defense sixteen, armor fourteen, fury five, with fifteen boxes and thirty warbeast points. Uh, she got Isla Sight and Pathfinder, and she has Prowl, which is conditional stealth. Uh, just pretty good stats overall for you know a, a kind of a gun warlock, don't you think? I mean, yeah. Uh, speed seven isn't terrible by any stretch. Rat seven with base Isla's is. You know, obviously decent. Um, rate of Fire 2 on her bow is also pretty good. It means she's always able to contribute a little bit. Uh, I mean, POW 7 in melee is super sad, but if she's slapping something in melee, you've probably gone horribly off the walls at that point, so I wouldn't really worry about it. Um, her defensive stats are a little weird, so Duck 16 isn't bad by any stretch. Um, arm 14 and 15 boxes is not great, and only being Fury 5 means typically she's not camping a lot, so the, the Prowl helps keep her a little bit safe, but she definitely can't afford to take a hit from just about anything. Yeah, she's pretty squishy, let's be honest, but most Warlocks in Legion kind of are, except for like, maybe Callus and Thags, everyone in Legion doesn't really take a hit very well. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the casters can, but they don't want to. Um, at least they have the option of camping. Lilith kind of doesn't get that option a lot of time, or at least not as much as you would like to have on her. So it's it's something to be aware of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about her weapons. She's got a Hellsanger bow, 12-inch range, rate of fire 2, pow 12, like you said. Uh, damage type magical with attack types. We got Blood Lure, Inflict Pain, and Witchmark. Um, Blood Lure is Warbeast in this model's battle group, can charge enemy models hit by this weapon this turn without being forced. Inflict Pain is a new one to Mark III. Uh, is when it hits a Warbeast with this weapon, this model can place one Fury Point on or remove one Fury Point from the Warbeast, so you can kind of pump up a Fury on an enemy Warbeast to prevent a transfer or something, which is kind of neat. Or remove one to force your opponent to cut which I don't know about the utility of that, but you can do it to your own. So if you, I don't know, shoot an angel and deal damage to it for some reason, you can remove a fury if you're over. It's utility. And finally, we have Witchmark. If this attack hits an enemy model during this model's activation, until the end of that activation, this model can target and automatically hit that enemy model with spells, ignoring range and line of sight. Uh, Witchmark is definitely her bread and butter attack type. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um... To note, though, inflict pain, you don't actually have to do damage. As long as you hit a thing, you can add or remove fury. Um, so, you know, you don't have to worry about POW-12 doing damage, um, which is which is nice. Yeah, fair uh, Blood Lure, yeah, yeah. Blood Lure is fairly not... Maybe conditional isn't the word, but it's the closest I think I can get. Um, it's definitely, you know, certain turns you're going to want it, other turns, meh, you really don't care that much. Um, inflict pain is nice if you're going for an assassination, or if you just really want a beast of frenzy next turn, you know, maybe you tag two of them and say, hey, you're going to have to make a couple frenzy checks now. Maybe they're only, you know, leaving one fury on a, uh, what the hell's the word? Uh, uh, threshold, yeah, threshold. On a threshold nine beast, and they're likely to pass it, but make them roll the dice and, you know, you never know. You're right, Witchmark is absolutely her bread and butter. Um, it's one of the things that helps keep her safe because all of her spells are fairly short-ranged. So being able to sit 12 or even 16 inches away to apply them means she does not stand in the line of fire very often. Yeah, so why don't you go over her spells? All right, so uh, for her spells, we're looking at uh, Eruption of Spines, which is a cost 3, range 10, pow 10. Uh, if the target model is hit, the D3 nearest models within 5 inches of it suffer a pow 10 damage roll. These damage rolls are not considered to have been caused by an attack. Uh, they are simultaneous. Uh, she also has Parasite, so model unit suffers minus three arm, and the spellcaster gains one arm. Uh, that's cost three, range eight, and it is an upkeep. Um, and then she has Pursuit, cost two, range eight, upkeep. Uh, if a target enemy model slash unit advances during its activation, one model in the spellcaster's battle group that it's in its control range can immediately make a full advance. Uh, so... 
Eruption of Spines and Parasite are both super expensive, uh, cost three spells. Luckily, because of Witchmark, she's effectively Fury 7 when trying to cast them, which is nice. Um, but th there's the caveat there that you need to land a Power 12 and not kill the thing you're trying to hit. So they work fairly well for Jacks and Beasts. Um, it works less well against, you know, single wound infantry, like, say, Sentinels or uh, Legion of Lost Souls. There's a non-zero chance you accidentally spike a damage roll and kill them, and then you're sad. Yeah. Uh, Pursuit is also relatively decent. Uh, I've seen it used as a pseudo-admonition uh, quite a few times. It can also kind of work uh, to deter things like countercharges. Um, you tag something with Pursuit that has countercharge, send in a beast, and... Um, oh, never mind. I misread Pursuit. I'm an idiot. Forget me. Hey, no worries. Yep. Reading is hard. Ignore that part, but, you know, otherwise, her spells are, like, pretty good, especially, as you said, you are casting them essentially at Fury 7. Um, Parasite is probably the spell you're going to be casting the most. Um, Pursuit, I've actually gotten use out of a couple times, but it is kind of an awkward spell in her list because most of the time you're going to be wanting casting Parasite, which leaves you on 2, and if you cast Pursuit, then you're on 0, and a Warlock on 0 is Typically, super dead, even if they are 60 away. Yep, but uh, Pursuit is one of those ones that it's important to know when you can cast it and when you can use it. Because as I've said before, in our game at the Sioux last year, if you would have cast Pursuit instead of Parasite, you would have won that game, like, hands down. Yeah, it's very possible. There was nothing I could do with it. So, um, Eruption of Spines is occasionally useful because it causes not-attack damage rolls. So against the uh, Callus one, or, uh, I'm trying to think of the name, the one exemplar unit that can self-sack, like, you can actually take models off the board without having to worry about it, but it's, the bigger problem there is it is cost three, and she's only Fury five, and if you're upkeeping, say, Parasite, then she's only Fury four, and, uh, that seems really stretched. Yeah, yeah she has, like, an awkward spell list for her Fury, they like Witchmark does make up for the fact that she w does want to be casting these spells, and they are expensive and they are difficult to cast on Fury Five. But like, you gotta play really safe with her be because of the limitations on her Fury stat for sure. Yeah, she has a couple neat things she can do, but for the most part, she's pretty one-dimensional much of the time. Um, her feet is follows along that same. Uh, trend, though. Uh, it's called Field of Slaughter, and it's pretty simple. While in Lilith's control range, friendly faction models roll an additional die on attack rolls this turn. Uh, so, pretty straightforward if you're within 10 inches of Lilith and she feeds, or rather, if after she feeds, you're within 10 inches of her. It's not a... Uh, it's not a pulse. A first, it's an aura. Yeah, it's a follow -up. There we go. Um... I'm glad you know the words today. I don't. I don't know the words. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty simple. Uh, as long as you're within ten inches of her after she has feeded, you get an additional die to hit, regardless of what you're trying to hit with. So guns, magic, melee, whatever, I'll get an additional die. Um, things that can boost can still boost because it's additional and not boosted. But it's it's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, her her feet her feet's like kind of incredible even despite it only affecting a 10-inch area around her. Um, it's really good on, I'm sure we'll get into it, on stuff like Thrones, because they have four initials and they have potentially four spells, so they'll all get additional dice to hit, so you're basically just removing swaths of the battlefield pretty easily with them. Um, Carnivians, I use them a lot in Mark II with her, um, because on the sprays, you had a Rat 4 additional, then boost on the spray, you're typically hitting most warcasters pretty easily at that point <laughs> you know and it was a spray so it ignores concealment and cover and all the other fun stuff so you know like this feat honestly i love it it's the reason i keep playing lilith because it's just so good it just makes you feel so powerful for one turn i mean that is the point of a feat right oh yeah absolutely um the other thing it's relatively decent for is as much as we normally say don't go crit fishing if you're going to do it with anybody, doing it with her isn't the worst idea. Um, you have things like tariffs with crit fire, well, 
Now you've got four dice to try and roll doubles. That's not awful. Uh, you know, you've got um, the Nago with Crit Shadowbind. Not a terrible idea. You've got the Bolt Thrower, who she often takes because she likes the Animus, with uh, the Crit Knockdown. Like, alright, if it's going to be in the list anyway, you may as well roll for four dice and see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You do have that sort of utility on that. And it is good because like her her feet doesn't care what kind of attack you're using, like you said, it's anything. Yep. Um so what do you think about her in terms of I guess relative caster strength? Um I I think like, you know, being Fury Five is very limiting. I think that he wants probably a mix a pretty decent mix of uh War ja or War Beast units, solos, you know, she kind of just wants to take, like, all of the stuff that'll really benefit from her abilities, but she does want to keep her battle group kind of small, otherwise you're going to have to look at a lot of Fury support, because she really can't fuel, she really can't support a lot of War Beast. Yep, that checks out. Um, you know, one of the things that I've said before is she's one of the few casters that I think can run an Archangel relatively well. Um, it's got, you know, a big expensive gun, um, she only likes really having one or two quality beasts, and can help it, uh, it's hitting until the late game, and, you know, Parasite also works with minions, um, it also works to make, say, the Archangel's gun just to that little bit better, um, it works well with Thrones, who now go up to pound 19 against whatever they're trying to hit in melee, or if she can get it on a unit, you know, those POW-12 sprays now go up to POW-15. Like, she can really kind of crank some things that already have decent hitting power. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think because of that, I'd, I my first place that I would look with Lilith 1 is probably the remixed Oracle theme. Uh, you have access to Thrones. You have access to Proteus now as well, which, like, I don't know, that might be good, actually. Um, and you still can take all the beasts. Uh, you can take Mechano Shredders. Then you get the minion units. That don't become friendly factions, so they don't benefit from the feet necessarily. But like you said, they do benefit from Parasite, which I'm sure, like, what are the Pharaoh Brigands? I'm sure they would love a Parasite, right? Yeah, I mean, they're only carrying around hand cannons with prey if you take their UA, so it's only POW 17 shots against their prey target. It's totally fine. It's pretty reasonable. And I know JBM was running, like, a double... Double Throne, Archangel with uh, Croak Raiders, so like I think there's places to go in the Oracle's theme. Yep, um, and then along that route there's also things uh, like Commandos or um, taking her in or I guess without the Thrones and going with uh, a bunch of Incubi uh, things that can kind of jam up the table and then she gets to feed on and they get kind of goofy because they get to be uh, hitting as hard as if they were hitting as accurately as if they were with Callus One for a turn, which isn't terrible. Meanwhile, she's standing a good distance away, tossing out shots and parasite wherever she needs it. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of both one, even in today's like lightly powered up world. Um, you know, maybe she'll get changes eventually, but I don't I, like I don't think so. I think she's pretty reasonable where she is. Yeah, um, her biggest problem in my mind is Fury 5 is super limiting. It means that you really can't affect large portions of the table, um, and a lot of the units that she would normally like to take are kind of hit-and-runny, um, which doesn't really work well with shield guards being not everywhere. I'm not going to say it's as ubiquitous as it once was, but they're still, you know, with Morrow and Archons, with uh, the... Morrow and Battle Priests and Flames being as popular as it is, like, there can be some weird amount of shield guards in places you didn't really expect it, or kind of just showing up randomly, uh, and it kind of ruins her plans to do things sometimes. So, definitely worth consideration, but, you know, you definitely have to keep matchups in mind if you're going to go with her. Yeah. Speaking of matchup dependent, let's talk about Lilith 2. Do we have to? I, mean, I don't know if I'm ready for this. She's the next one on the list. I guess we could go to Reckoning first. No, no, let's just get it over with. Alright, Rule of Two, once the Bay of Everblade. Now, 
now the shelf of Everblight, <laughs> where she sits. Uh, she is also speed 7, she is strength 4, which is, again, relatively irrelevant. Uh, Mat 5, rat 8, def 16, arm 14. She's got Isla Sight base, she's got Pathfinder, and she's got Stealth base. She got a slight upgrade from her first version in terms of survivability better. Yeah, it's definitely an improvement. Um, and let's see, we've got 15 health, 28 Warbeast points. Uh, the back of her card, she has range amplifier, so any of her spells get plus 5 to range. And she has Swift Hunter, which is pretty good because she has a reload bow. Um, when this model destroys one more enemy also with a basic range attack, immediately after the attack is resolved, you can advance up to two. That's a pretty good back of the card. Uh, her weapons are Whisper, 12-inch range, POW 12 range weapon. Uh, this one doesn't have attack type, so no more Witch, witch Mark, no more Blood, blood uh, whatever it was. Uh, but it does have Reload and has Snapfire, so she's a lot like a Deathstalker if you're familiar with those. Whenever she kills something, she moves two inches and gets another attack. It's a it's pretty solid on a warlock shooting at Mat Rat Eight base. Yeah, Mat Eight Isla's base. Um, my issue with her is she somehow lost a shot to pick up reload and snapfire, which, while not terrible, um, is definitely not good. Like that's not even really a side shift. That's kind of a nerf. Uh, she, you know, has to kill a thing to get her snapfire shot. Which, again, because shield guards and maybe just flubbing a dice roll doesn't always happen. And then she needs to put a fury into getting a second shot. So, really kind of uh, disappointing, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Yeah, I agree. Losing the base rate of fire 2 and going to reload 1 for the second iteration kind of sucks. But what can you do? Um... I mean, yeah, um, but I mean, the the other thing to think about there is if she was just flat rate of fire two with snapfire and swift hunter, uh, she could potentially move eight inches a turn on top of the seven inch movement she already gets, or could aim up to rat ten and then move eight inches regardless if she managed to kill four things. So there, there's probably a bit of a balancing factor there. It's just a kind of a sad for us balancing factor. Yeah, she's a speedy girl, that's for sure. Um, before we get into the spells, um, Cutter's here. He was using stealth for a while, but he just showed up. Ahoy. Yeah, I got within five inches. <laughs> there you go. Here I was thinking we just got Isla Sight off the objective. <laughs> so we're talking about Lilith 2, is what it sounds like. We are. We sure <laughs> The disappointment of Everblight. <laughs> I'm so just so disheartened with her still i can't well let's let's continue on to her spell list um better do you have it handy i can uh while i'm loading it up i can give a tale of a lilith 2 assassination i had this was in mark 2 but you can do the same thing now uh it's with all the sidestepping so you basically kind of because she has pathfinder and she's pretty wily you can kind of go up uh, the middle of the table and then start shooting and get yourself behind the caster eventually, which is fun because she's pretty quick. Mm. So yeah, I'm pulling her spell list up here and are we just reading it off? So she has Mirage, um, which is a pretty cool spell. It's unique in Legion where, do you want me to read out all the ranges and everything? Yeah, the cost and range at least. Cool. Uh, cost 2, range 6, and it is an upkeep. And it lets you have a friendly faction, model, or unit get apparition. And just remember that that's during the control phase. And that if you use the bunker objective, it will not work. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> uh, or that, whatever the one is, the anchor one. I definitely saw someone do that with a Seraph in one of my games recently. Uh, and then tried to like slipstream and move it around and stuff. So... Just be careful with that objective. She also has Pincushion, uh, which is kind of her signature spell as this version of Lilith. Range 10, cost 2. It is an upkeep, and it gives you an additional die. Gives friendly faction models an additional die on ranged attack and damage rolls, and then you drop the lowest. So this is kind of her 
I guess her bread and butter in a lot of ways. So if you're gunning down like a colossal or something, you just throw a pincushion on it. And because of the extra five range, she can usually do it fairly safely. You have a little trouble hitting some of the higher defense stuff. So that's definitely something to, to take note of. And then Soothing Song. Uh, this is a somewhat misguided attempt at getting her to manage Fury. <laughs> hmm. But it's cost one and it's range self and it hits everything in control and removes one Fury point from each friendly living faction war beast. So this will not work on Mechanic Shredders. So keep that in mind, I guess, for all the Lilith 2 Mechanic Shredder builds out there. Oh, I'm sure That's everyone's it. throwing them right in the dumpster right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, in general, like Mirage is kind of the cool thing that she offers. You can do some cute things with it. Like I, I've tried running a Blightbringer and putting Mirage on like um, Chosen or something and that threat extension on them in addition to the Blightbringer, which she kind of likes anyway, can be kind of neat. Yeah, early in Primal Terror's existence, I tried it on War Spears, mm-hmm. and because with the War Spears, and we'll talk about it in a bit, they work with their feet in a reasonable way. So mm-hmm. that was an idea. That it was okay. It wasn't great. I'll be honest. I think it's mostly due to War Spears, but that's you know an issue we can talk about later. Um, so why don't uh, why don't you go over her feet there, Ryan? Sure. Uh, her feet is well, it's bit different from Mark II. Uh, it changed for the better question mark? Well, for the better of the game. Uh, it's called Decimation, and it says while in Lilith's control range, friendly faction models gain Gunfighter and can make one additional ranged attack during their activation uh, last for one turn. So, stay within 10 of Lilith, gain Gunfighter, which sure, I guess? I can't think of too many things that, off the top of my head, that really want slash need gunfighter uh and then gain an additional ranged attack which is really the reason you're taking her because throwing an absurd amount of shots down range is actually a lot of fun yeah so i just want to quickly talk about what like i did run lil through at an event and it was pretty reasonable um i ended up playing it like i think only once but oh did i, did I bring little two to the otc i think i did anyway the the amount of gunfire that you can put out with decimation is actually kind of absurd. Um, between I had uh, two units of Strider Scouts and Death Stalkers, and I was like removing whole units of cavalry with it, with it and pincushion and Kralix. Like it was just kind of nuts. It's very good, is what I'm saying. And for a gunfighter, the only model that I can really think of that would super benefit from it is Zerial. Because, my god, does that guy need gunfighter. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, so, why don't we talk uh, themes? Where do you look? Ravens, right? I, I look at the shelf. <laughs> that, that's where I look. Savage. Um, that's pretty brutal, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. Brutal. Um, but if you were going to play her, yeah, Ravens isn't a bad place. Uh, children, maybe? Like, you get Azrael, you get Zuriel, you get Typhon. So, you know, there's ways to add on additional shots there, which is something. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, honestly. I don't I don't know that there's a ton of room for her in Oracles, and I don't think you're going to run PT unless you're going for that jank you were doing with War Spears, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, that's, that sounds reasonable to me. <clears throat> The, the do you want to explain the war spear jank? Yeah, so this this is the thing with um, war spears and carnivians that you can do with little two, um, because they gain gunfighter. What you can do is you can feet, um, and then they can charge with their gun, right? So you charge with your gun, you get an assault shot, you get your gunfighter charge, and then you have an additional range attack that you can do with your gun with the gunfighter as well. So you get three attacks from War Spears and um, and Carnivians, and I, I suppose you could do it with Zerial as well. But he's better off probably quick working if you're you know since you have the gunfighter at that point. But it's an option, and it's kind of a neat option. 
Yeah, I agree. I've always liked it. Like the Caribbean spray is definitely one of the the best like beast or jack sprays in the game as far as just raw damage output and reach. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of flair to it. It just like lights things on fire, which is pretty good. Um, but it's, you know, the range is amazing. Yeah, it's a Rat 5, POW 14, Auto Fire, uh, Spray 10. So, like, mm-hmm. you can put a lot of things under that template. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think Lilith 2's kind of in a hard spot right now. Her spell list doesn't isn't fantastic. Like, Pincushion is a great spell. Trying to cast it with Fury 5 is a goddamn nightmare. And then Soothing Song. Soothing Song does nothing. I can't imagine a time where I would seriously look at her and just be like, ah, yes, I'm going to hard cast Pincushion on this thing and then hopefully not die. (laughs) Yeah, that was basically me casting it on Stormlands. Yeah, I mean, I think think we can hope for something like what she had in Mark II. I don't like to go back to Mark II too much, um, but Zuriel's Animus gave an extra die on attacking warrior models. <clears throat> so that's kind of how she used it at the time. Um, the Blightbringer like, lowers its defense. You know, If you have any knockdown effects or anything, you could maybe get it there. But yeah, right now it's basically relegated to just helping you pound down like a large or huge base. And it seems like the game is kind of not running a lot of those at the moment so you may vary there yeah it's, it maybe shifted away from that but yeah i guess that's all i really have to say about little too like she does stuff he's pretty cool give her a shot if you really want to just put out a thousand gunshots in one turn and try and remove as much as you can because after that you're kind of hitting people with a wet noodle yeah and that's what she does in a pairing you can definitely skew a pairing or a triad to make that useful somewhere where your other list is just you just really have trouble with lots of infantry or something that's definitely something she excels at okay moving on to lilith 3 our one and only battle engine cast um ryan you want to do her stats oh i love lilith 3 i will i will absolutely take you up on that lilith 3 is my friend um so she is our only battle engine caster. She is speed 9, strength 8, which is irrelevant. Mat 6, which is kind of actually irrelevant because she doesn't hate melee as much as the other two do. Uh, she's rat 8, def 15, arm 16. She is cavalry, so, you know, impact attacks and all that fun jazz. She has Isla Sight base and pathfinder, as well as fury 5 like the other two. She did not ever get an upgrade in fury. Sad day. Uh, she's got... 28 boxes and 29 war beast points. 18 boxes. Mm, that's 18 boxes. Oh, well, math is hard. Shut up. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, 28 if, would be cool. If she released now, she might have 28. Yeah, maybe. That'd be dope. <laughs> Alright, uh, so back the card, or I guess her weapons, Whisper again, but this time it's Rate of Fire 3, POW 12. Uh, with Blood Boon, once per activation, immediately after resolving an attack in which it destroyed an enemy model with this weapon, the model can cast a cost 3 or less spell with offending fury points, so she's back on her spell casting shit. Uh, rear attack, which is fine, I guess. It doesn't come up that often, I would say, but something you can at least make use of. Uh, she has a mouse attack, half-inch reach, power 12 mouse attack with trampling hooves. This model can make charge attacks with this weapon in addition to making impact attacks, so it lets her charge um we've got dual attack which is probably the most important rule on the back of her card this model can make melee and ranged attacks in the same activation when this model makes an initial melee attack or a power attack it can also make its initial ranged attacks this model can make ranged attacks even while in melee and it has the ability to trample so pretty good reposition five threshing blade this model gets plus four to its trample power attack rolls repairable which i think is the only re- terrible model other than the candle shredder in legion uh so yeah your gobber tinkers out i guess uh (laughs) but uh yeah i think the the duo of dual attack and the ability to make travel power attacks is kind of what enables low three to really do a lot of work what do you think crutter yeah i would definitely say because it's really for anyone who hasn't run her basically what you do is you trample forward 
Uh, she's speed nine, so you move 12 inches forward, and then you put up the far strike animus and shoot another 16. So that's uh, it's pretty intense. It's a good 28-inch threat, and <clears throat> she's red eight, and she'll make you stationary with the first hit if she's feeding. So yeah, it's it's definitely what makes her as scary as she is. Uh, as far as like a ranged assassination goes, yeah. So we'll get to your feet in a little bit. Uh, Ryan, you want to cover the spells? Sure. Uh, her spell list is a little—I don't know. It, it's very, let's say, protective. Uh, she's got battle host, which is cost two, range self. It's an upkeep. Uh, War beast in the spellcaster's battle group, beginning their activations in its control range. Gain plus two inches of movement when advancing as part of their normal movement. The spellcaster gains plus two arm while one or more war beasts in its battle group are within three inches of it. Uh, so other beasts, if they are in her control, get plus two inches of movement. She gets two armor if they're within three inches of her. Um, it's a pretty decent spell. There's nothing wrong there making your beast a little bit faster and making her effectively arm 18? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was going to say, hold on, let me make sure I got that number right. Um, then she's got Frost Hammer, which is a cost 2, spray 8, power 12. Um, on a crit, a uh, model becomes stationary for one round, unless it has a be cold. Nice little spray. Um, and then Windwall, which is cost 3, range self. The spellcaster cannot make ranged attacks after casting the spell, and non-magical ranged attacks targeting it automatically miss. While completely within 3 inches of the spellcaster, models cannot make ranged attacks, and non-magical ranged attacks targeting them automatically miss. Windwall lasts for one round. Um, so she's got a spray 8 nuke. Um, every single one of her spells can get cast with one boon, which is kind of nice. Um, but really, most turns, she's just going to put up Windwall and call it a day. Uh, the thing to remember with Windwall, though, is that she can't make attacks after she casts it, and other things within 3 inches to get the benefit also cannot make attacks. So, you know... It can get a little limiting in that regard. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much like trampling up, making your attacks with uh, your bow, uh, and then using Blood Boon to cast Windwall. And if you like kill something on the second one, you should probably just say, All right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely lost a number of games with her because I'm like, Well, I really need to get damage out, and I really want to cast Windwall. And I or didn't kill something. <laughs> yeah, the one that I know I've done before and I've watched people do is they'll go with her, they'll put up Windwall, and then they'll move like Typhon or Asriel and be like, oh, he gets the benefit from Windwall because he's completely within three and I'm going to make my shots now. And it's like, mm, no, no, you're not. Like, If you're going to benefit from Windwall, you also have to take the drawback and the drawback is you don't get to shoot. Like, stop it. Yeah, it's, it is better now that you can pre-measure. Before pre-measuring, she was a little bit of a... to try to position everything. Yeah, it, it was definitely a pain. Um, but it it is what it is, and it's just one of those things that you need to watch, that, you know, outside of feet turn, Lilith probably doesn't go first every turn. Um, she probably lets everything else go to about where she wants to go, and then moves up so that you can get the benefit from one wall if you need it, um, but you're not screwing yourself over doing it. Yeah, I'm yeah agreement the, there. the really cute thing, and this has been talked about in some of the channels, is if you bring the Wastelander with her, that's pretty cute, because non-magical attacks will automatically miss the Wastelander if it's within her wind wall. Yep, so uh, you have the Wastelander stand near her, uh, and near whatever other beast and hope somebody shoots at it. The Wastelander says, cool, I'm going to take the shot, you automatically miss, and I get to throw the shot back at you because fuck you, that's why. But why don't we talk quickly about her feet, Cutter? kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah, uh, of course I have wandered off of card. <laughs> so it's called the Reaping. Uh, when an enemy model is directly hit by a ranged attack made by a friendly faction model, while the friendly faction models in Lilith's control range, enemy model becomes stationary for one round as for a turn. So it does have a lot of reach. 
because you only need to be in her control area for it to affect things, which is pretty good. So that's one thing that I would definitely say is a benefit. And it also works with sprays, which is amazing. So you can like an assault a carnivine up, spray things, and you know they become stationary and then something else finishes them off or whatever. It's also really good if the current of unit assaults in, hits something, it becomes stationary, and then you don't have to worry about its mat six hitting things. Uh, it'll just auto hit in there. Yeah, this this feat is kind of amazing. It's it's basically on the back of this thing that I won my first event. Um, early Mark three people weren't quite ready for the reaping and what. Uh, little three brought because she changed a little bit in the transition and just made her way better. But I think the one thing that you need to keep in mind is that, like, unlike a lot of other stationary things, this isn't a cold attack. Um, you if you're immune to cold, it doesn't matter. It's still gonna get you. Yeah, I've definitely caught some searches with that past. Yeah, it's super funny to hit social one with that and watch the player go, "Oh, she's immune to cold. I'm fine." It's like, <laughs> no, no, you're not. Um. As far as getting better from Mark 2 to Mark 3, I don't know that it's necessarily better, but it, it it's both better and worse, right? So Mark 2, it was if you hit a thing with a ranged attack, it has to sacrifice either its movement or action the next turn. It was like a very targeted version of Haley 2, whereas now it's just straight stationary. And like, there are ways to be immune to stationary. Um, there's the one metal horsey dude that brings a bubble of anti-stationary. I think there's a dude in Infernals that does the same thing. Um, the Rhett has the Liss Healer, I think, yep. that does it. Um, so, th there's ways to do it, and of course, Jax can just shake it if they want to. But, all of those require resources in the form of point investment of various solos, or focus slash fury investment to get rid of it. So it it's both better and worse. Um, I'd call it a side shift from Mark II, but it's definitely very solid, and it definitely plays into the assassination run quite a bit better. Yeah, she's always been really good at picking something and killing it, and because of her incredible speed. So in a meta with lots of little things running around, uh, she can be pretty good because she has Isle of Sight, she's red 8, she can get wherever she needs to be. <clears throat> it's just that sometimes she ends up leaving her battle group behind, and that can be kind of tricky. So, yeah, it's it's definitely... She can be a lot of fun. The positioning is definitely difficult in a lot of ways, so it's something you need to practice. Yeah, and I think, we, you know, the other thing is, like, we haven't really talked about the fact that she just gets to reposition, too. She tramples up 12, makes her shots, and move back 5. Like, she's 21 inches from the thing she shot. It's so good. Yep. Like, uh, there was a list going around for a little while that I think it was bottom of one. Bottom of one, if, you're if your opponent left their deployment zone, you got to put shots into them. Like, just because, fuck you, that's why. Um, and that's actually kind of abusive and funny. Um, there's something about going into somebody who either doesn't expect you to do it or doesn't know any better and watching them go, what do you mean I have to take three boosted POW 12s? It's only the bottom of one. What do you mean my caster is half dead? What do you mean you can do this every turn? Oh god, why? Yeah, it's kind of a nightmare. Uh, she just has such a huge personal threat range that people have to lay around it. Like, And it's one of the biggest ones in our faction, for sure. And it might just be one of the biggest ones, like a personal warlock threat range in the game. Yeah, it's also really nice that she's one of those casters that gets to contribute uh, turn to turn, because she can she can potentially threaten a lot of uh, length of the table. It means that if there's an important solo that your opponent is trying to protect, they might not be able to protect it if there's, you know... Uh, uh, an objective that's on low health or something like it's really great that you know it survived but that doesn't mean it's going to continue to survive and it often means late game um if it's you know say just lilith and an enemy caster and maybe a couple support pieces left or a half dead jack is all that's left like she can just start pumping shots into casters and 
there's not really any place they can go or anything they can do about it. Yeah. So when we talk about uh, themes, like probably maybe looking at Raven's children, I would think. Uh, I usually like to throw around Raven's right away. Um, the mark target is not super important, but it helps. And um, having the ability to take uh, kind of more chaff units in the form of uh, striders that can also both enable her feet and are relatively difficult to remove with high def and stealth. Um, super useful. Yeah, Cutter, what do you think you're going to put her? <clears throat> One of the things I do like about children quite a bit is the ability to move through blighted Nismah models. Because if you play her, the ability to move through things is pretty great. So that's something I would definitely consider. Uh, if you like the idea of having an extremely mobile force be backed up by some heavies or something that can kind of stand around and take some hits, then she can kind of give you that feeling. And nothing will outrun her and a bunch of raptors. Like, it's, it's going to fold a little bit into taking an alpha, um, but you can definitely bring her around and kind of pick off whatever you want. Um, like we were saying earlier, if it gets into the late game and it's just her and a couple other pieces on the table, you can't run away from her. Like she's going to get you. Yeah, I've played a fair bit of Lola 3, and I enjoyed basically every game I played with her. Just always did something, and that's what I really appreciate from Warlock. Yeah, there's something to be said about being able to meaningfully contribute turn to turn that really just, like, is something that the Liliths as a whole bring to the table, and I think especially so with Lola 3. Yeah. Do you think you always take the bolt thrower, or is he, like, optional? Um... With her, I think it's an optional choice um, because she can move as far as she can. Like if you're going for the super long uh, uh, shooting plays, then the bolt thrower helps. But I don't think it's as much of an auto include with her as it is with, let's say, Lilith One. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Cutter, what do you think? Yeah, the bolt thrower. I mean, yeah, I guess it ends up depending on how your list is going. Like, we've seen a bunch of iterations of the 3, right? Like, we've seen, we saw her before themes route, people running Typhon with her. <clears throat> we saw her with um, angels. Like, there was, like, an angel spam list at one point that was kind of interesting because you, like, stationary things and then you throw, like, armor-piercing attacks over their army at them, which is kind of fun. There's, <clears throat> like, Carnivian spam where you're just like spraying everything and making everything stationary and you know mopping up whatever's left uh you can play an archangel with her and all of that stuff is none of that is like a bolt thrower doing things the bolt thrower is okay like i think if you really are looking for that range then obviously that's why you bring it but like ryan was saying it's not really necessary to do that i think in general all the lists that i've played with her had one and it was just so that i would have that threat on the table in some games it didn't end up doing that much but like uh, i think that that's generally why i would be playing her is for that purpose yeah okay seems good um battle host is uh something like you want to keep in mind too um, like I said, she goes up to 18. If you have a Carney, like she can get up to 20. That, that's pretty reasonable on a Warlock. Uh, especially at Def 15. Like you have to try to hit her. Yep, Def 15, immune to knockdown, immune to all the other shenanigans because Battle Engine, like, pretty decent. Yeah. So I think that will maybe do it. Um, Cutter, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. How have you been? You keeping busy playing games? Yeah. So I'm in New York City as. Probably a lot of people know it's a disaster here. So I don't see most of it day to day because I'm just hiding in my little apartment, but I'm aware of it. You know, I know people who are kind of more on the front lines and it's definitely, definitely pretty rough out there. So I've been, I had to move during this whole thing. 
and I just got internet finally because I couldn't get internet installed with the pandemic going on. So that was fun. And so I've, I was playing Vassal on my mobile hotspot for a while. And since I have Google Fi, like that was okay for the most part, but living off of a hotspot kind of sucks. Um, I have been playing quite a bit of Vassal. Um, I've been playing Infernals on there because I figured, what the hell, pun intended. So you can pretty much play whatever you want, which is kind of nice. Um, you can you see a lot of weird lists. Uh, I feel like the online environment lends itself really well to spam. There's tons of spam lists. There's so much strange bedfellows online. It's crazy. Yeah, I guess if you I, don't have to own it or transport it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like... It's it's really interesting. Yeah, so you'll see Aurora 2 with, you know, several tessellators or whatever. And you'll see Mortnavra with, like, several Helldivers or, you know, any kind of weird stuff. So if you've always wanted to play Shredder Spam and you never had the opportunity because you don't own 25 Shredders or whatever the max number is, then go nuts. You can do it on Vassal. It's, 20, it's, um, it's 26. Yeah, I thought it was 26 because I remember seeing the number 26 written on a shredder. <laughs> but yeah. the the other thing that's kind of neat is if you follow line of sight at all, they're, they have a custom project called Wartable that they're working with Lars, who's the developer for it. It's an amazing developer. Um, when I have worked in a bunch of startups like He's at the top end of really, really agile development. Like you throw some suggestions in and he's on them and they're already there the next day. Like that kind of stuff. That's really cool. And I've had the the ability to see Wartable firsthand. And I can say if you've had some reservations about Vassal, because the install's weird and like, you know, the it's kind of clunky and you have to like join servers and all this other stuff. Wartable fixes all of that. It's way easier to pick that up and just play because a lot of it's an intuitive interface and it's meant to be able to be used on mobile devices. So you can actually use your tablet and just play War Machine with people. You don't need a keyboard or mouse or anything. You don't have to install anything. It's all web-based, so everything updates automatically. You don't have to like go hunting for you know packages or anything to to update to the most recent version. So, and there's active development on it, which is really cool. So it's in alpha or beta. I don't know. Things launch in beta now, so I don't know what the hell version anything is anymore. But it'll be coming out soon. There's only like a couple pieces that need to be wrapped up and a lot of it's like textures for terrain and stuff like that but it is a it is a very smooth experience as far as online gaming goes and because there's active development on it from someone who plays the game it's it's getting a lot of love in all the right ways that's awesome yeah like i think we mentioned it a bit earlier i'm not sure but don't remember <laughs> the brain's kind of fried um but yeah war table seems really neat and hopefully it'll get people playing a bit more. Oh, we mentioned it in the context of CID. That's right. Um, yeah. So look forward to War Table. We'll we'll try and include a link to it when uh, it comes out. But for the most time, for the meantime, uh, you know, be aware that it's happening. Uh, check a line of sight, I guess Facebook or WebSage, and they'll probably have a link to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Oh, I guess we kind of missed out on your thoughts on the Mechano Shredder now that we've seen the stats cutter. Uh, what? How do you feel about that guy? I, I mean, I like the Mechana Shredder. I think it's it's really cool to have like the little pseudo boundless charge. The fact that it's targetable is obviously the thing that's amazing, right? Like uh, free charge and you get Pathfinder and a plus two movement bonus like against constructs. That's great. That's all good stuff. Strange Bedfellows, if the online environment is any indication, is going to be all over the place, as well as Asphyxia 4 and Nemo 4 
and every scenario has an objective in it in 2020. So yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a nice little monster. You can make it out of the spawning vessel, which is amazing. They're recycling everything, like the armor, the body parts. So yeah, it seems it seems like a, a cool little beast. It's it's fairly tanky uh, as far as lessers go, and yeah, I, I I think it's a cool model. Yeah, right on. I think we pretty much came on the same side as you with that. Uh, Wolf, and how you doing there, bud? Keeping up? Yep, still good. Um, haven't really been playing Vassal or anything because my laptop is like a let's say conservatively 15-year-old piece of garbage that somehow still works. I'm not entirely sure how anymore. I assume at this point there's just blood magic involved somewhere. But, uh, yep, just excited for new releases, excited for CID to start, and hoping everybody is staying safe and sound. Um, It's a weird realization when you find out your life is called quarantine. Like, even before quarantine was a thing. So not really any big changes for me, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, I think that's a reasonable place to end. Uh, So as always, you can find us on the Discord. A link to that will be in the show notes below. And I'd like to thank everyone for coming out and listening to us. And this is thank you all for listening to episode 66 of Blightbringers. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us through 68 episodes of nonsense. It is oh, appreciated. This was 67. <laughs> well, you're going to listen to the next one, too, then, because I refuse to be wrong, fuckers. <laughs> oh, what a shit show. All right. Bye. See you, everyone.